0: All right. Look at the cover of your outline. <laughs> All right. If we want to find out how to get to where Jesus is and how to receive what he has for our lives, we cannot be moved by what we see in front of us or by what we hear from behind us. Get this. Our desire must to be where he is in manifest presence. You need to hear this statement. The Bible says that God is omnipresent, that God is everywhere present. His presence is everywhere, but he is not everywhere manifest. His presence is everywhere, but you don't see him in manifestation everywhere. Our heart, our desire must to be to be where he is and manifest present. We must be able to distinguish the voice of truth from the other voices that constantly come to distract and discourage us. How many have found out that when you're trying to believe God, there's always another voice telling you that it's not possible? So to hear the voice of God, you have to be able to distinguish the voice of truth from all the other voices. Hear me tonight. The Holy Spirit is always speaking to lead us to where Jesus is. My pastor taught us this years ago. He would just always say the Holy Spirit is always speaking. He is always speaking. God is a talking God. Okay? He is a talking God. And He is always speaking by His Spirit. His voice is always available. We just have to become people with ears to hear. What did Jesus say over and over? Let him who has ears to hear, hear. So there's a voice that is being spoken, and there's truth that is being declared, but it's only heard by people who have ears to hear. So his voice is always saying, this is the way, walk in it. Or in other words, when you and I are making decisions and we have choices before us in that, there's always a voice that's willing to give us the right direction. But many times we want to listen to every voice except his voice first. So we, ask, we listen to all the other voices, we hear that, and many times there's people who tell you the things you want to hear instead of what you need to hear, amen? Isaiah 13, verse 21, I put it there in your outline, and you will hear a voice saying, this is the way, turn around and walk here, amen? So God said to Jeremiah, how will you know? But there'll be a voice behind you saying, hey, this is the way, walk in it, Amen? If you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 14. I want you to hear this. How many know what Jesus said? He was going away and he was going to send the Holy Spirit to be our helper. Amen? He was going to send him to be our helper. The Holy Spirit was coming to be, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> to be our helper. See, God created us to be people of the voice. To walk with God by hearing his voice, to literally be able to distinguish between his voice from all others. To know his voice and to follow his voice in the path of truth. John 14, 26, Jesus says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So the Holy Spirit is going to be your teacher which means he's going to speak to you. You're going to hear his voice. He's going to give instruction to you. So the voice of God comes, maybe not an audible voice like my voice, but the Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit. And you know when you're hearing the voice of God, this word comes alive. Can you say amen? And so he speaks to us and he brings clarity. Go over to chapter 16 and watch this. John chapter 16, beginning in verse 12, Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them right now or hear them, one translation says, right now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So somebody say, the Holy Spirit has a voice. Jesus just said, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and He's going to speak, and He's going to tell you things to come. Think about that. He will glorify me, for He will take of what is mine, and He will declare it to you. Amen. I hear people all the time over the years of pastoring, saying, I just don't know what the will of God is. Well, how can you miss God? He has a voice. He's trying to talk to you. Are you doing all right? Okay. verse 15, all things the Father has are mine, therefore I said, he will take of mine, and he will declare it to you. So, look, at everything that the Father has has been given to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit has been given permission by God and by the Son to declare it all to us. God's not trying to hide anything from us, but we have to learn to be people of his voice. Amen? Look inside your outline. So walking to where Jesus is in manifest presence has to do with his voice. Voice, And I want you to see that because Jesus began walking based upon, I mean Peter began walking on the water based upon the voice of the Lord and the word of the Lord. Nothing else. So number one, stay focused on what Jesus has said and not on what you see. If you're going to get to where Jesus is, you're going to walk with God, you have to get, be focused on the word and not your surroundings or your circumstances. Never let what you see move you off of what he said. When it comes to the Word of God, how many know this is the Word of God? So when it comes to receiving and walking with God and seeing His manifest presence in our lives, it has to be determined upon what He said, not what we're experiencing around us. Are you doing all right? Never consider to what you see to be greater than what He said. Listen to what Peter said. Lord, if that's you, ask me to come. You said, come. What happened? Peter considered what he saw greater than what Jesus said. The minute that happened, he began to see. The key is what Peter saw in the middle of his miracle caused him to lose his focus and his miracle. Get this. Never lose your focus. What do you have to be focused on? The Word of God. Secondly, Things that cause us to lose our focus. First of all, our circumstances. The only thing the devil can create is circumstances to distract you and move you off of your focus. He's the great distractor. Look at this. Consider that. Oh my goodness, how's that going to work? Look at, consider all this. Consider, look, think about everything. Look at the waves. Look at the wind. Look at this. Whoa, man, think about all the circumstances. How many know what Jesus said had nothing to do with the search? Who cares about the wind and the wave? I was on the Sea of Galilee, and it was as flat as this carpet. That's why I said, man, if we were ever going to walk on water, these are perfect conditions. Pastor Doug goes, go for it, Don. I said, yeah, you go first, Doug. Amen. <laughs> I didn't have thus saith the Lord. He didn't say come. Hallelujah. So anyway, but but but... So just think about that. We think, oh, it was because of the wind and the way. He was walking on water, which is contrary. It's it's not possible in the natural. Nothing God is asking you to do is possible in the natural. God isn't, listen, if everything God asks us to do is possible in the natural, what in the world do we need Him for? Why do we need God's intervention if we can do it all by ourselves? So God never asks us to live on a natural level. He asks us to live on His level with Him. Amen? God wants us living where He is and on His level with Him. Peter had wind, waves, and strong and mighty opposition. Let me ask you this. What are your circumstances? Peter got out of the boat, and so he started considering his circumstances. But when you've heard the word of the Lord, and you're praying, and you you get that confirmation, Lord, is this your will? Is this what you want me to do? And you step out, you're going to face circumstances too. He had all all the circumstances of the storm, but we have to ask ourselves, what are the circumstances that are causing us to take our eyes off of him and no longer consider his voice? See, the voice and opinions of others are some of the circumstances that come as well. So the enemy brings circumstances but then there's always the voices and opinions of others well you can't believe God God won't ever do that blah 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 you know people uh, opinions are like noses everybody has one it doesn't make them the right thing amen hallelujah so hold fast to the voice of truth another thing that causes us to lose our focus is the fear of man We're afraid of what people are going to think. Or we're too concerned about what people think about us. And then, another thing, the fourth thing that causes us to lose our focus is the fear of rejection and failure. So many times we're afraid to get out of the boat and walk. How come nobody else got out of the boat? How come nobody said, hey, Peter, wait for me. I'll go with you. Nobody else but Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. Everybody else was content to stay in the boat. Why? Because they had the fear of failure in that. So here's the key to this point. Life has storms. Just underline that. Life has storms. Anybody found that out yet? Life has storms. Life has storms. So what are you going to do? Most people are either in, coming out of, or about to go through a storm. That's just the way it is. Storms are only those things, they're an obstacle course that try to keep me from where he is in manifest presence. Jesus is available in our lives and manifest presence. Then all these storms come, distract us. We get so caught up in it all. And what do we do? The, the, the other thing about the disciples, you find them that, that they're rowing. And one translation says they're rowing and the wind is contrary to it. And they're putting all this effort, but they're not making any headway. And that's the way most people are. Here, an answer is, and Jesus is there, and we're just content to stay rowing. But we're exercising all of our energy, draining all of our strength, but not making any headway. Headway. Wow. See, to follow Jesus and to go where he is, where he is going, it has a price. Going with Jesus, walking with the Lord has a price. And you know this, but go to Luke chapter 14. I'm just giving us a good reminder tonight. Chapter 14. Beginning verse 25 says, Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them. Now look, Jesus turned and said to the multitudes, not just to his disciples, not just to the twelve. He said to the multitudes, everybody, If anyone comes to me and does not hate, well that's a strong word, His father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, his own life, he cannot be my disciple. You know what the message today is in our society? Family is more important than God. I need to take care of my family. I need to minister to my family. I need to, the Lord knows, I need, we need more family time, more family time, more family time. I don't have time for God. I'm giving all my time to my family. Got deadly silent right there, but I'll just go on to the next verse. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Both those verses end with cannot be my disciple. Everybody look up here just for a minute. Lord means first. It doesn't mean second, third, or fourth place. Jesus is Lord. And the point of this is, here's what we think. It's just like money. How can I put God first? If I put God first, it'll cost me too much with my family, with other relations, the best way to secure your relationship with everybody else is make your relationship with God first, not every other relationship first. best way to keep your family, to keep your marriage, to keep your children, to keep all these other relationships right is to keep Jesus first. Can you say, Amen? amen. You put him second or put him third place or fourth place somewhere down the line, and it doesn't work. God never asked any hear me for a minute. God never asked anything to deprive you. He's not against you, He's for you. God is for you, not against you. We sing it all the time. You're a good father. So if I take him at his word, but listen to all the voices that come. How many know just obeying these two voices, there's contrary voices that come when you want to obey them? Amen? So. How do we believe God? So Jesus said, if you're going to come, that it's going to cost you something. We could read all the way through. You don't sit out to build a building without sitting down first and counting the cost. That's after you start. You don't have enough to finish it. And people say, hey, he began, but he wasn't able to finish. So we know that there's a cost to going to where he is. So what do we have to do? We count the cost. There is a cost to complete surrender. And that's really where people are struggling today. People want to be saved. They just don't want to be under lordship. We want to be saved, but we don't want Jesus to be Lord of my life and tell me what to do with my life. Well, that's a problem. Then that cuts us off from a lot of stuff. So here's some principles to understand. First of all, you can be in a crowd and be blessed. The whole crowd ate. The whole crowd got blessed. The whole crowd had a lunch. They was laying there. Big old pot bellies. Uh, they, they, everybody got to eat as much as they want. And then after it's all over, so the crowd got blessed. Amen? And you can be in a boat and arrive safely on the other side. When Jesus got back in the boat with Peter, the winds calm, and they all made it safely to the other side, staying in the boat. So you can be blessed in the crowd. You can arrive safely in the boat. Amen? You can be one of the multitude that follows him afar uh, off. Or you can be one of the few that walks with him where he is in manifest presence. Peter wasn't content just to be one person blessed in the crowd, just to be one person rising safely in the boat, just to be one person follow him afar off. He desired, Jesus, if that's you, command me to come to I want to be where you are in manifest presence. Amen? But that doesn't come without a cost. So, here's the key. To be a follower is easy. Believe on Him. But to be a disciple, one who walks alongside, there's a price of complete surrender. We surrender to the call of God for the sake of the anointing. To have the anointing of God upon our life, it will cost you something. In fact, you're there in the... Go back to Mark chapter 10 and I'll put it back in perspective. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus says, you know, keep all the commandments. He says, I've done that from my youth. And Jesus says, one thing you lack, go sell all whatever you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and take up the cross and follow me. So he tells them, okay, there's a price. If you want the rest, then there really is a price to be paid to do that. And then he goes away. The disciples look at it and Jesus said, it's hard for those who have riches to enter the kingdom. The disciples said, who can be saved? Verse 26, and they were greatly astonished, saying amongst themselves, who then can be saved? Verse 27. Matthew chap- Mark chapter 10, verse 27. But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Verse 28. Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. All right. So Luke chapter 14 sounds kind of serious, huh? Except if you forsake your father, your mother, your husband, your wife, but everybody else, you can't be my disciples. Look what Jesus Most surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or land, for my sake and the gospel, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Okay? Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands with persecutions, And in the age to come, eternal life. So see, trusting God and being able to release and say yes to God. If I want to be, hear me again, I can be in the crowd and eat with the multitude. I can be in the boat and arrive with everybody safe on the other side. I can follow from afar off. But if I want to walk with him and manifest presence, then I have to pay the price To take up my cross. There's something I have to lay down first. And pick it up. And listen to what he said. Nobody does that. That it isn't. You don't. You never lose anything with God. And look what the Lord said. Not only does it come back. It comes back multiplied. Amen. And so. I don't know about a hundred full wives. And all that stuff. But I'll just stay with everything else. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good for Bible times. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so watch this. So to be a follower, we surrender to the call for the sake of the anointing. Hear this, and I put it in bold in your outline. The anointing to win is not free. To be anointed to win is not free, guys. It's not free. There's a prize to walk in the anointing to win. You will never receive a miracle without strong opposition from the enemy. Doesn't happen that way. The devil is not a spectator in this game. He is the opposing team. Right now we're in playoff basketball season. Amen. So the playoffs are on. We're down to the Eastern Conference Final, the Western Conference Final. The winner of these of of those two are going to play together for the championship. And so the Warriors are going to whoop whoever it is next. Amen. So I like that. But what a great name for a basketball team, the Warriors.
1: A warrior, yeah,
0: hallelujah. So, but that's what you're called to be. You're going to have to be a warrior, amen, yeah. and, and deal with that. But this is playoff basketball. This isn't a pickup game. So you can go down to the Lord's Gym, join the Lord's Gym. They have a pickup game every night. You go down there, put your name on the list, and you can get out there and play three on three, four on four, whatever they do, run up down the court. Everybody go, Oh hey man, that was a foul. You need to call a foul on yourself, man. This is just a nice game. We're not supposed to be trying to take everybody out. This is just recreation, man. And they go, man, go sit down if you're gonna be like that. <laughs> Quit crying. You barely got touch. But see, in playoff basketball, I'm watching you guys, and like, bam, they're hitting, you know. I was watching the game last night, and, and uh, little, I can, uh, no, Chris Paul is telling Kevin Durant, like checks him and knocks the ball out of time. And, and so he's like, Chris Paul's like this. Kevin Durant's like seven foot tall. And Chris Paul looks up at him and goes, hey, shut up. Quit whining and play ball. Yeah. Right. It was on, man. It was just on. And so there's the adversary, and then on the next play, there's a rebound, and he's like hip-checking him and hitting him and then taking off and running around him, knocking him down, taking on a seven-footer guy. Amen. I'm not a Chris Paul fan, but he had some guts. Amen. He's playing playoff basketball. Amen. And so, an adversity. And later on, Durant schooled him, and that's all cool, but it's good. So, anyway... So get it. You must fight for your miracle to stay focused on the word of the Lord. You cannot afford to be casual. And I think that's the biggest problem. While we don't see more breakthroughs today. We're way too casual with wanting God to move in our life. Way too casual. This is the real deal, man. This is... Uh, uh, I watch... I, 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 I like... Uh, uh, I can't think of the commentator right now, but it just... Oh, Chris Weber, is doing it, but watching the guys are playing. He goes, man, that, 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 that's grown man basketball right there. They're playing like grown men. Now, this, is, this isn't little boy basketball. This, uh, this is grown man stuff. I mean, checks and hitting and playing and going for it and do whatever. And then the refs getting out of the way and letting them play. Amen? But somebody's going to get punched, get hit and do whatever. But it's playoff. They're going for the championship. Are you listening to me? They, they want to be champions. You understand that? And when you want to be a champion, you push yourself to go to another level. I use these guys for that. Dr, 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 Draymond Green, a lot of guys don't like him. I love the guy. He's an antagonist. He's up in everybody's face. He's kind of nuts. He cusses way too much to do whatever, but he, he's playing to win. And they were interviewing him. He goes, hey, I don't care. We'll play anybody. We're after a championship. That means we have to beat people. So bring it on. Whoever it is, bring it on. We're geared to win. We're, we're not here just playing to see what happens. We don't care who it is. Bring anybody on. We're ready for anybody. That, that's a championship mentality. And so there's something else. Well, oh, I don't know. We, how do we match up? He don't, I don't care how we match up against anybody. It's not about how. We're playing. We believe we are a championship team. Amen. And we have a coach, and we're, we're everything about us, we're geared and we're thinking to win. What happens when you change your mentality in Christ like that? When you get a championship mentality in Christ? There are things that happen. David had a champion's mentality. Jonathan had a champion's mentality. You read in the Word of God, the men and women of God who had a champion's mentality. And that's the way you have to approach things. To walk with Jesus, to be with Him in manifest presence, you're going to have to get a champion's mentality. You can't just be casual and receive the answer. We will not be able to do great things for God if we bow to opposition. One of my favorite verses, Proverbs 24 and verse 10 is in there, and I put it in there. It just says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength was small. What a great verse. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength was small. So, stay strong in the Lord. How many know the Bible tells stay strong in the Lord in the power of? Of what? Of what? So, stay strong in the Lord and in the power of your strength. Your own strength. No, in the power of His might in you. The joy of the Lord is? So his joy, and what is joy? Joy is the fruit of the Spirit, so God gives me joy. What did Jesus say? Hey, guys, you're in the middle of the storm. Be of what? Good cheer, Good cheer because when you give up your joy, you give up your strength. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, I will glory in weakness for when I'm weak, then the power of Christ rests upon me. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Are you doing all right? Yeah. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse 35 and 36. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, patience. The word "therefore" endurance is the same word for patience. Who pomene who in the Greek. And it means consistency. You need to be consistent. The same. Not moved. I like what the Apostle Paul said. He said none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Off of my faith. My patience. My endurance. My consistency. Luke 19 21, I believe it is, or 1910, or no. 2119, somewhere in there. Look it up. Jesus said, In your patience, in your patience, same word for endurance here, in your patience, possess your soul. In your patience, possess your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. You have need of endurance. You have need of patience. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise, amen. Mm-hmm. And so you just get that strength. You just settle down. This is it. I'm holding on. You know, the, the, a lot of people like to buy the little bulldogs and stuff because bulldogs. You, you need the old. The, will show you. Is you need some bulldog faith. Mm-hmm. How many have ever played tug of war with a little bulldog? Oh, yeah. and, and, bull, and bulldogs are unique. They're actually bred to bite and to hold on. And so they're made, so their nostrils turn upwards so they can bite and get a grip of flesh and hold on and not have to open their mouth to breathe and their nose isn't pushed up against there. Hello. So they get in there and then they lock their jaws. Their jaws are super strong. They get in there. So you just get yourself a mouthful of the word, grab onto it, turn your little bulldog nose up and just keep breathing in the Lord and let the devil play tug of war with you and never let go. Amen. Hold on to the Word of God. Be tenacious with the things of God. Number four, how to keep your focus. First of all, know where you're going. Where was Peter going? Where was Peter going? He got out of the boat. Where was he going? To To where Jesus was. Do you know where you're going? Where are you going? You have to know where you're going. We are going to Him and to His manifest presence. Secondly, remember what He said. Never forget what Jesus said. He said, come. That was his response to Peter's request. Remember what he said. We're not acting on our own authority or invitation. When you and I act upon the word, we're not acting on our own authority or by our own invitation or inclination. We're acting by his invitation. Thirdly, you will always believe what you hear the most. That's the biggest problem that people are having today. We're hearing way too much of the wrong stuff. We're believing for way too much of the wrong stuff. And just go back and take notice of what you say out of your mouth. I check myself on it all the time. What are you saying? How much that comes out of your mouth is faith versus faith? negative, positive versus negative, about life, about answers, about what God can do, how we do, how much is just about your own strength. Come on, when it comes to being where Jesus is and manifest presence, there's nothing natural. First of all, on com- the calmest water in the world is a, takes a miracle to walk on regardless of wind and waves. Amen? And so if Jesus, if, it, if it would have been pure glass and they'd have had smooth sailing and Jesus would have come to them skiing on the water. And G. Peter would have said, Lord, can I come ski with you? How I many know skiing without skis or a boat and a rope? Barefoot skiing either way. Amen? It doesn't matter how it is. So we focus on the wrong thing. The key is what did he say? So the key, never forget the last thing he said. Never forget. So many times people have gotten a word from the Lord. They've been in prayer. God's given them confirmation from the scripture. The Holy Spirit. They've heard the Holy Spirit. He's come. He's revealed truth to them. They had a hold of it. And then the devil brings those circumstances or the voices of other people or the fear of failure or rejection. All those things come to choke the word and to work against the word. So never forget the last thing he said regardless of what you see and hear. Now, So the key is hold on to your focus. Amen? Focus on what he said. Hear me. We're never walking on the circumstances just to prove that we can. N- we never operate out of a prideful spirit. What Jesus said to the devil literally was, he, t- he taught us this. When the devil said, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. You never do a spiritual act out of a prideful spirit spirit you never operate out of pride in the spirit amen just to prove that you are something that's pride so we do not have a prideful spirit we are going to him period we just want to be where he is we are walking to his manifest presence in the midst of the storm. So I take it. What, what if we just could see that if you're going through whatever situation, whenever a storm comes, whenever that trial comes, whatever it is, whenever that contrary adversity comes to your journey, and you're up against those things that are contrary to your progress, if I just begin to look for Him, walk, Jesus will always come walking above our situation. He always comes walking to us on top of our circumstance as our answer. Amen. And so what I have do, I just have to have eyes to see him. And then I just focus my. Other. I'm just going to look at him. And I'm just going to keep walking towards him. I'm going to walk through this storm right into his presence. Amen? Right to where he is. Hallelujah. So keep your eyes focused on him. See, it's never easy. There are never perfect circumstances. But it is always Possible. Say this with me. It is always possible. Come on, say it one more time. It is always possible. That's what Jesus said in Mark chapter look where he said, with men is it impossible, but with God all things are possible. Amen. Listen to this. I love it. Genesis 18. The Lord appears. Angel of the Lord appears to Abraham and Sarah again. And just says, Now Abraham and Sarah were old and advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old? This is what she's saying inside her house. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Surely I shall bear a child since I am old? Verse 14 Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Amen. Nothing is impossible. It is always possible. Amen. Get this. He always performs his word. God always performs his word. You can take him at his word. Praise the Lord. He always performs his word. It's never about what we have to walk on. It's never about whether it's water, whether it is sickness, in the, it's never about the adversity. Are you with me? It's never about the circumstances. That's never what it's about. We get focused on that and we think, oh Lord, give me the victory over this circumstance. It's not about that. It's about His Word and Him being true. It's always about where we are going, and who we are going to. I'm just going to get to where He is. If I get to where He is, that changes everything. Years ago, there was a, we'd, we'd say a thing, and it's still true. How I many know one moment in His presence changes everything? We've all been there. We just prayed and and pressed up against things and in trial. And we just say, you know what? I'm going to press into his presence. I'm just going to get out of this. I'm just going to press into the presence of God. And you get in his presence, and it just changes everything. Your outlook, your emotions, everything changes. The presence of God changes everything. But there's things that you have to walk on to get there. We must stay focused with expectant faith that he will perform his word on our behalf. So how do you stay focused? First of all, believing what he said. Come on, just believe God. Amen. Just believe God. Secondly, knowing it will come to pass. Knowing it will come to pass. Amen. Let, let, me, let me put you like that. It's just a storm. It's not the end of life. It's just just saying, hey, you know what? This too shall pass. Amen? It's going to come to pass. There are all those verses in the Bible. And it came to pass. And it came to pass. And it came to pass. In one way, it means that over a course of time or, or over a period of time, it happened. But the other thing is, it came to pass. It came to go. It showed up to leave. Amen? So, this is going to pass. Take it that way. It came to pass. Just wave at it as it goes by. This is, it's not here to stay. It came to pass. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He leads us through. And so, when we think about that, and we take God as word, God, you are there. Yeah, it may look like the valley of the shadow of death, but I am only passing through, I'm not buying a vacation home here, amen, I'm not taking up residence here, I'm passing through, so what do we do, knowing it will come to pass, his word concerning you, we, it must become a knowing, and then looking to receive it, you have to have eyes looking forward, always looking forward, believing to receive, amen, and lastly, how do we do this? We must be in position, first of all, to be taught. Always stay teachable. Always stay growing. To trust what he said and not what we see. That's our challenge, first and foremost. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, we walk by, not by. So, I, tr- Lord, I trust what you say more than what I see. I'm going to believe you and trust you regardless of what I see. And when we do that, just those little adjustments begin to change our conversation and how we speak and how we talk about our circumstance and begin to turn around and all that heaviness and gloom goes. And uh, I'm kind of a, a uh, I don't know. I, I like the Lord of the Rings movies because they kill all the demons. Kind of cool. Everything, everything getting killed is all demons and devils and stuff. But in the, in, in, in the second movie of the trilogy of the Two Towers, there's a king who's being influenced by a man operating by a demonic spirit, and it changes his whole nature. And then he gets set free, but it's always because there's a voice whispering in his ear, and that voice took control of him and changes the whole count. And he went from a conquering king being used and then when he gets set free his whole countenance comes back and he realized that it was a voice and that voice was driven out it is so important that you hear the voice of God and Gerald Tolkien did all those things as, a, as an analogy and, and spiritual analogy, and, and it's all in there. But it, there, there's a lot of truth in that area. The voices that we hear shall be taught to trust what he said and not what we see. Secondly, change, doing things in a new way never seen before. How many know the things that Jesus did had never been seen before? They said, man, we never saw anything like this before. And so, we need to learn how to live like that as believers. Thirdly, qualified by failure to obey. Seems like a weird statement, huh? Being qualified by failure to obey. When we miss it with God, how many know that that wasn't Peter's end? Peter's failure wasn't his end. Okay, do you get that? The key is this. It's never how you respond to victory that qualifies you. But how you handle failure. The question is, do you rise up or give up? Everybody's going to fail. Amen. Nobody wins 100% of the time. But if you choose to be qualified by failure... Failure causes me to become more determined to be an overcomer. We can learn from it. Amen? What do we do? You watch teams. You go back to the basketball analogy or any professional sport. They lose, and they go back, and they watch the tapes of that game, and they learn from their mistakes, and they learn from their loss, and they learn how to be a better winner, not a better loser. Amen? So they see where they need to make the changes and they pay the price to do that and put in the energy to do that. So there's no condemnation in missing the mark, but there is, nev- but there is in never taking the shot. It, 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 w- w- there's no condemnation for missing, but there is from not taking the shot. There's no excuse for never trying. Parable of the talent. This is what the one person with the one talent says. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. And he was rebuked for not trying, for doing nothing. If he'd have done it and lost it, at least he would have tried. I believe the Lord would have rewarded him whether he increased it or lost it. At least he tried. He invested it. He did. He put forth the effort. Are you doing all right? All right, here's the close Never be moved by what you see. Never be moved by what you see. Say this with me. Storms come. You may be in a time of peace right now. Everything may be great. That's cool. But there'll be another opportunity for faith. Amen. Storms are just a great place to use your faith. Amen. What do you need faith for if there's no adversity? Amen. Faith is for adversity. Amen. That's what faith God gives us faith for. To be overcomers in adversity. Never take your eyes off of Jesus. By that, always keep your eyes on your answer. How many know he is always your answer? Keep your eye. If Peter just would have kept looking at Jesus, he took his eyes and began to consider. We, we shared it a couple weeks ago, and, and Sean shared it about Abraham, but it said, and we shared it on talking about covenant, and communion, that not considering his own body or the deadness of Sarah's womb, but considering that he who promised was faithful. Amen? So keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't consider the circumstances. Keep your eyes on Him. Thirdly, never let circumstances that cause you to fail cause you to quit. Because I had a failure. That failure is not going to cause me to quit. Keep pressing. Choose to be the overcomer. And then never consider what you see to be greater than what He said. Never consider that. And I put this in here. I believe there are yeah, but demons. Yeah, but. I know the word says that. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Anytime somebody says yeah, but, that's a demon. (laughs) Don't listen to yeah, but demons. Yeah, but I know. Yeah, but I know. Yeah, but. Anytime it says, yeah, but, yeah, but is the beginning of a statement of doubt and unbelief. Faith never begins with, yeah, but. All right. (laughs) Demons, yeah, but demons will try to rob you. And then lastly, never lose your joy in a storm. Never. Never. So many things you go through. Never surrender. Your joy. You should be, as Christians, we should be the happiest people regardless of whatever we're going through. In the midst of your storm, you should still have joy. Amen? Always hold on to your joy. It is a fruit of the Spirit. Never surrender that to circumstances or to the devil. Verse 27, be of good cheer, it is I. So, Peter walked until... Peter walked until. Now here's my question to you tonight. Are you facing until? Were you walking until? I got got there. I was close. I was walking until this happened, the wave, whatever the circumstances. Peter walked until. And many times we face that until. What are the circumstances that are trying to interrupt your walk? And I need to remember, if I stop walking, I'm starting to sink. When we stop walking, we're starting to sink. So what do you do? Suck it up. Don't doubt. Walk. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you, Lord Jesus. You desire us to be with you where you are. Lord, I thank you. You always come to us walking on the circumstance you never come to get in it with us you come to lift us up with you on top of it so lord tonight i pray for each and every person here tonight if you're here and you're just at that until place and circumstances have just been around you just let the Lord begin to minister to you right now choose just go back to that place of hearing his voice and let the Holy Spirit begin to minister to you to you right now father I